0: Who do you think would win in a fight? Willy Wonka or Professor Caractacus Potts from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I mean, Willy Wonka, man. Willy Wonka's loaded.
1: He's got cash. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Caractacus Potts is is, is destitute. (laughs) No, he he
0: invented toot sweets. Those are going to make him millions. They're candy and a
1: whistle. (laughs) That's true. And Willy Wonka had a whistle and it was not candy
0: that's true he'd have to buy a tootsuite
1: <laughs> wait 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 wait. what is a
0: good matchup for willy wonka because i was trying to think of this the best matchup for willy wonka is
1: jigsaw is jigsaw right no i kept coming back to it <laughs> who would win willy wonka
0: or jigsaw
1: jigsaw is pretty smart his plans are really convoluted and he's always thinking like 10 to 20 years down the road <laughs> right but
0: Willy Wonka I think just has far greater means than Jigsaw right right like, yeah he's J- Jigsaw's loaded. just
1: a guy with cancer and he has an army back. of Oompa Loompas <laughs> that are <laughs> yeah, all yeah. his slaves <laughs> they'll do whatever yeah. he wants I mean yeah I guess what, what what is happening are they are they both stuck in like the bathroom trap <laughs> From the first, no. Oh, saw? <laughs>
0: what if they're each stuck in the other one's trap? <laughs> so what, what is that stuck w- in? Willy Wonka the invited Jigsaw over <laughs> for um, uh, a tour, and <laughs> he was like, "Here's my new uh, face ripping apart." candy <laughs> you put it on and it rips your face off if you can't find the key behind your friend's eye
1: <laughs> willy wonka does have exploding candy for he sure his enemies. does <laughs> it's and not it, it strong wasn't enough it not quite powerful enough <laughs> <laughs> you know but so as, presuming presum, he got it got it strong enough you know that would that would beat out jigsaw's like what shotgun traps <laughs> yeah just <laughs> offer him a piece of candy and his face turns into a shotgun
0: <laughs> i mean that stuff was already Really powerful. It knocked Mike TV like
1: two feet backwards and off, you know, onto his back. Well, he's also a really rich guy, too. Like, he controls the world. Like, just a a tiny announcement from him set the entire world into a state of frenzy that practically destroyed it. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, like, that's pretty crazy. He upended, like,
0: the global economy as well, (laughs) forcing the price of Wonka chocolate up to, like, 5,000 pounds for a box. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... The reason we're talking about Willy Wonka is because we believe and we think it's pretty clear and a lot of other people believe that Willy Wonka was, in fact, an evil horror slasher. Right, like, how is that how you would describe it? Yeah, that's what, that's my what theory. What is Jigsaw? Is, is Jigsaw a slasher? Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a Jig- horror villain. But Jigsaw, he, of what? course, being the horror villain from the movie Saw,
1: not like a traditional slasher, but like in the sense that he's killing off people in weird traps one by one. You know, he's a right
0: torture porn artist. Well, <laughs> and we we've you and I have talked about this a lot, and we've come to the conclusion that a uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was in fact like kind of the origin of this kind of movie. An, an eccentric bad guy traps a bunch of unwitting victims in his evil lair, right? And kills them off one by one in ways that are kind of punishing them for their past misdeeds.
1: I don't know if it's necessarily the origin of it, but I certainly believe that if you look at the formula of Willy Wonka, at least in the second half, it is essentially just a slasher movie. But what sets this one apart is that this one's for kids, <laughs> oddly mm-hmm. enough.
0: Yeah, yeah. What we believe, and what this theory is about, is that Willy Wonka, he chose these kids, he prepared traps befitting of the things that he didn't like about these kids and he killed these kids but what's he doing with them oh oh what is he doing with them?
1: he's turning them into candy and eating right them,
0: of <laughs> okay see that's where you took it one step further than i did but i can see where Obviously. you're going with it i mean he's the candy man right
1: yeah the candy man can but we're actually going to be covering a, a lot of theories today. One of the most hated people on the internet is Grandpa Joe. There's a whole a whole very popular
0: subreddit dedicated to Grandpa
1: Joe hate. Subreddits, <laughs> Facebook pages, websites, he is a very hated person and we're gonna (laughs) look at why 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 is he such a hated person because i don't know i watched this a lot as kids i never actually hated grandpa joe but when i stumbled across these grandpa joe hate websites i was like oh yeah yeah that makes sense i kind of do hate grandpa joe Yeah,
0: he's (laughs) maybe not really a very good person who forced his family to work while he laid in bed for 20 years 20 (laughs) years (laughs) this perfectly healthy guy he's just like eh, i'm not gonna do this anymore I'll let my daughter take care of me yeah
1: yeah <laughs> what other theories have we got today
0: well we've got one more theory that i'm going to touch on later which is this that violet beauregard was actually the most qualified to run the chocolate factory and that her sin was the most permissible sin um yeah. that of all the kids she should have been the one to get the uh the reward and to get the jackpot in the end that theory is actually by a
1: Tumblr user named Ivana. Hello, and welcome to The Popcorn Isn't Real. I'm Leif Ferrick, and I'm here with my co-host, Torvald. Yeah,
0: wow. <laughs> we just got right into it today. I forgot to even today introduce we're, us.
1: We're talking about the 1971 film, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, based on Roald Dahl's book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
0: Interestingly enough, the screenplay credit went to Roll Dahl, which I thought was actually kind of cool, But it turns out he didn't actually write the screenplay per se. It was actually written by a man named David Seltzer. And the way David Seltzer tells it is kind of interesting. He says that Roald Dahl was supposed to write the screenplay and he showed up with about like 14 pages and they were covered in like arrows and references to the book and like see page 73 for this dialogue. The director was like, this isn't a screenplay. (laughs) Where's the rest? Roald Dahl, he was like, do whatever you want. I'm not writing any more than this. I'm out of (laughs) here.
1: Man knew how to get paid doing as little as
0: possible. (laughs) Exactly. Basically, he just didn't write a screenplay for them. So they frantically called up David Seltzer. And I guess he had written like a couple of lines in Hellstrom Chronicle. Uh, He had never actually written anything before. He hadn't been credited. He was not a screenwriter yet. I imagine that
1: did not change.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what they said. They said, look, we can't pay you for this and we won't give you credit for this, but we will pay for your car fare to get you out here. And I promise, I pinky promise, I'll produce your first film. So he said, okay. okay. <laughs> came out and wrote the screenplay for free. <laughs> a basic Hollywood deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So David Seltzer, you know what else he wrote after he got his big start? He wrote uh, the, Omen. the Omen franchise, <laughs> yes,
1: or at least the first one.
0: No, no, but like this guy, he, he clearly likes to write horror movies right? Like The Omen, horror movies about kids. A kid whose very presence makes people want to kill themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it goes to follow that this guy would write a book about a guy whose very presence makes him want to kill kids. (laughs) And I don't know if we said it yet, but uh, this was directed by Mel Stewart. But you know who else is in Willy Wonka? The legend, the man, the myth, Gene Wilder. You know, I've always just loved his performance and every time i see him i just love it even more (laughs) like he's so good he's great especially especially as willy wonka like he they could not have picked a better man to play this role he's really good at being soft-spoken and kind but inwardly malicious (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's so good So in order to prove this theory, that Willy Wonka murdered these children, we're going to have to answer some questions. As in any murder case, we need to establish a motive, a means, and an opportunity to commit these murders. Did Willy Wonka choose these kids personally? He wasn't out to kill random kids, right? (laughs) Because he had specific murder devices planned for Mm -hmm. each one of them. Did he have the means or an opportunity to execute the murder every time? Basically, can the murder weapon be connected back to him? So what I'm gonna do is, every time we reach the unfortunate outcome of one of these kids, I'm gonna try and point things out that can link this situation back to Wonka and prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that he planned this.
1: The opening! It's a giant montage of candy being made. And you might think that this would be boring, but not to me as a kid. That was the best part of the movie. (laughs) I swear we would turn on the movie and just watch the opening and then turn off the movie sometimes. It was because it was taped onto a tape. So we would have watched whatever came before it. And then that montage of all the candy would show up, and we'd always watch at least that part. Can't turn it off yet. (laughs) This is the best part. (laughs) And then it immediately opens up with the Candyman, right? Yep. Where a bunch of I assume rich kids who don't have to pay for candy are in a candy shop. Well, poor Charlie Bucket gets nothing, and the Candyman just dispenses candy to them. He's just kind of throwing it at them. And then he lets them in the
0: behind the counter. He's like, go to town, kids.
1: And when he lets them in behind the counter, he whacks a little girl in the face. Yeah, he does.
0: <laughs> he's, he's, he lifts the counter to let them in. And he just just smacks that kid in the jaw. <laughs> it's really good.
1: When Tom and Jerry did like an animated remake of mm-hmm. the Candyman song, they animated that little girl getting hit in the face. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> No, but as kids, we would talk about this scene a lot. And what we came to was the conclusion that these are all rich kids. Their parents had paid like a blanket fee beforehand where they can just go there whenever they want and get songs and candy. Charlie Bucket doesn't get candy because he's poor, yet these kids who are not paying get as much candy as they want. <laughs> and the next time they show the candy shop, they show all the kids inside getting their candy,
0: and then Charlie Bucket through the window not getting any candy, but looking at them, right? So <laughs> Exactly. So yeah, it's like a subscription service. It's Netflix, but for candy. <laughs> so Charlie walks past the factory, and the Wonka lights come on just as he looks at the factory. The scene
1: is insane. Now,
0: the man who walks up to Charlie... I guess he's a quote
1: unquote. Tinker. No, he's not. See, (laughs) I would have gone with a homicidal homeless person.
0: (laughs) Yes. He's like got a cart covered in like Yeah, a very prominent
1: cleaver just hanging (laughs) right in the foreground. I'm like, Charlie, get away from this guy. This is meant to be a scary scene. Like this is in Cabin in the Woods. Mm -hmm. This is that part of the slasher formula, the harbinger. That weird, crazy old man who shows up and gives you a warning that's kind of coded or posted. Poetic or thinly veiled kind of thing. He's not talking like a human. He's talking like, <laughs> I, I don't know, a, a spooky ghost or something. Okay, in the wide shot, Charlie is alone. We can see everything. Yes. He uh-huh. stops and looks, and then all of a sudden, there is a guy behind him with a cart full of knives. Just right there. And yeah. when this guy drags his cart yeah, uh, away, kinky, it's very loud. <laughs> like this <laughs> yes. scene is meant to be inexplicable yep. and he couldn't scary have stuck and up on creepy. Charlie.
0: So this guy out of nowhere, unprompted, says to Charlie, up the airy mountain, down the rushing glen, we dare not go a-hunting for fear of little
1: men. The Oompa Loompas. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) He says, you see, nobody ever goes in and nobody ever comes out. He's building up this building as a place where if you go in, you won't come out.
1: I mean, it, it could be interpreted as no one ever comes out because no one ever goes in. Like, it's abandoned kind of thing.
0: When's the last time you watched a movie and someone pointed to a building and said, no one ever <laughs> comes out? And it was not meant as Well, a and I
1: gotta say, like, we dare not go a-hunting for fear yeah. of little men. Like this is a clear reference to the Oompa Loompas. Pretty weird. We learned from terrible old Grandpa Joe that this place used to employ human employees. Yes, but lots of them were spies. Meaning they used to go in a hunt. Yeah, they were corporate spies. They don't do that anymore because he closed down, fired all his human employees, got a bunch of slaves, <laughs> and apparently these Oompa Loompas will massacre anyone who. Well, comes no, in. <laughs> they'll turn you into candy and eat you. Yes, and I, I think that this is there's evidence for this. Because to them it's nothing. They come from a land where they every day get eaten by wangdoodles and vernicious canids. Yeah. So for to them it's eat or be eaten, right? They're, they're not. It's, it's not cannibalism to them. They're not human. They'll turn you into candy and eat you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so our
0: theory might sound a little crazy. It might be like, are oh, you're turning into candy. What? what you we
1: never have crazy sounding theories. Yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> no, but I just got to take a step back from this for a second. Have you ever read a roll doll book? Does turning kids into candy sound like something he would write about? Because yeah. the answer to that is a big fat yes. <laughs> like this is his jam. He loves this kind of thing. He would definitely write a book about a sadistic murderer who killed kids and turned them into candy. I read Charlie in the Chocolate Factory and Charlie in the Great Glass Elevator, the sequel... And I remember the sequel was crazy. Like they they like went to space. Uh, they became space pirates. They attacked the president. They had to fight a vermicious canid. I only read the first book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So now we're introduced to Charlie's family, and we find terrible out terrible Grandpa Joe, terrible <laughs> Grandpa Joe, and his two grandmas and his uncle. His have strange been bedfellows <laughs> for twenty years. And his dad is dead, and they're so poor that all they eat is cabbage water.
1: That's all they <laughs> eat <laughs> not
0: not cabbage, the water that a cabbage was
1: boiled in. <laughs> the scene opens up with Joe wants his daughter to work harder and he is low key blaming her laziness for the fact that Charlie has no time to play yes he's trying to guilt his daughter into doing more work cuz he's like charlie needs to to play and why should Charlie he's have to work? He certainly is. <laughs> Even though he does nothing. You might take his kindness towards Charlie, it. right? Like you might say, oh, he it cares is about not. Charlie.
0: But this is betrayed by the daughter. fact that he's laying there doing <laughs> nothing and yelling at
1: his daughter, like you said. So he clearly doesn't care. He just wants to berate her. But let's do the math here. So the actor who plays Grandpa Joe, Jack Albertson, was born in 1907. He would have been 64 in 1971 when the film came out. Oh, no. (laughs) That means Grandpa Joe has been (laughs) bedridden since he was was 44 years old. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And he can get up in an instant when the golden ticket
0: comes. (laughs) They make sure to point out that he does not, nor has he ever had any sort of disability. Joe says, as soon as I get my strength back, I'm going to get out of this bed and help him about Charlie. And then the mom says, Dad, in all the years you've been saying that you're going to get out of bed, I've yet to see you set one foot on the floor. The point is that they're not saying like, oh, if only your leg would heal or if only you hadn't broken your back all those years ago. No, (laughs) No. she just says, if only your strength would come back, (laughs) whatever
1: that means. So Charlie comes home with bread and his mom asks Charlie... Where'd you get the bread? Like, she clearly thinks he stole it. What difference does it make where he got it, says Grandpa Joe? <laughs> All that <laughs> yeah. matters is that he got it. The clear implication is Joe believes Charlie stole it as well, and he wants to encourage that behavior. Steal more, Charlie. Good. <laughs> it would be to his benefit if Charlie stole more things for He's him. like, I like <laughs> bread. <laughs> Go get more of that. <laughs> I believe that perhaps Joe is a former criminal laying low. Possibly, <laughs> from yes. From people who maybe he owes money or something like that. But actually, I, uh, okay, there is a theory. So Joe knows a lot about the Chocolate Factory.
0: Yes, he does.
1: And he specifically knows a lot about the spies that were sent in by Slugworth.
0: Yes, and he's very excited to work with Slugworth.
1: There's a theory that Joe was one of those spies. Gotcha. And that he's laying low now because he was kind of a criminal spy at one point. And, you know, after Willy Wonka closed down the factory, he lost his strength. He lost (laughs) his job. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Nothing else to do. No one else to steal. But, like, he really wants to get into that Chocolate Factory And he wants all five tickets, too, he says. He wants all five tickets. Why would you need five lifetime supplies of chocolate? Unless you're like a person whose business used to be stealing stuff from Willy Wonka and selling it. He wants to sell those tickets. Oh, well, he (laughs) wants to get the
0: chocolate and sell it to Slugworth. Also, after all these 20 years in bed with his family,
1: living in squalor, subsisting on cabbage water, he still smokes? Charlie gives the change from buying the bread to his mom, but then gives a little bit to Joe saying, from now on, I'm going to pay for your tobacco. So Joe was just insulting his own daughter for not working hard enough. But clearly, Joe is the problem. If Charlie feels like he has to give his mom a break from working so hard by now him being the one who pays for Joe's tobacco. He kind of, you know, resists, but he takes the money anyway. He's an addict, possibly to, you know, other things besides tobacco. What? Do you have any evidence of that? (laughs) I mean, the most infamous thing is just that Grandpa Joe has coke nails. So his pinky fingernails are much longer than the rest of his nails. Um, And, you know, supposedly that was for like doing cocaine. Well, the
0: real life (laughs) reason for this, though, is that the actor played the banjo. And when you play the banjo, it's good to have another long nail on both hands so that you can pluck multiple strings at the same time.
1: But I also want to say, when you play the banjo, it's good to have a little cocaine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I guess if you
0: say so. But yeah, he definitely has coke nails.
1: We never once see Joe smoke a pipe, even though his daughter says it's just one pipe a day. We never see him smoke a pipe. Like, we're, we're, I don't think he's spending that money on tobacco. <laughs> he's spending it on cocaine. And that's why his family's so living you in think squalor.
0: It's just one dime bag a day. <laughs> All right. Now, you might ask, is it really possible that Willy Wonka set up this whole contest? Like, he sent out those golden tickets, upended the world, just to get these kids into his factory and kill them in sadistic ways? Yeah look at Jigsaw, right? Like he does this exact same kind of thing. He picks out mm-hmm. specific people that he hates for specific reasons. He brings them
1: to a place to kill them.
0: And we believe it for that
1: movie. So why couldn't we believe it for this one? Why do you one? think that Grandpa Joe has to lay low pretending to be an invalid, right? He doesn't want his legs to actually get broken oh, by no. Willy Wonka because <laughs> he used to work for that guy. And also like, as I was saying, just going along with that theory, like we do know that Grandpa Joe is super cool with stealing fizzy lifting drink. And at the end, he's the one who's encouraging Charlie to give the gobstopper to Slugworth. And Charlie, luckily, has way more integrity than his grandfather.
0: But yes, um, my point is that Willy Wonka, very eccentric, makes lots of rash and weird decisions based purely on emotion Sometimes sprays like alcoholic bubbles in the faces of kids while riding a car with them, <laughs> subjects them to evil boat rides. Okay, he literally chopped everything in his office in half, even his important documents. <laughs> he is a madman. Yes, he <laughs> He's very committed to these strange decisions he makes. So, I, yeah, I think he could have tracked down these kids and brought them there just to kill them. Right. It's totally something you'd do, right?
1: Is there any precedent in this movie for, like, a mad scientist-type character? Is there any foreshadowing of that? Mr. Turkentine, played by comedian David Batley, oh, yeah. is Charlie's yeah, teacher. Yeah, crazy. And the first time we see him, he asks Charlie to mix nitric acid yeah. with glycerin. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that makes? Nitroglycerin? Yes, nitroglycerin. <laughs> no, but he also adds his
0: own <laughs> special formula to remove yeah.
1: warts. Uh, a bottle <laughs> labeled only X. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And when they pour them in, he has Charlie take the two dangerous chemicals, the nitric acid and the glycerin, and do they have to just pour all of them in at the same time? They don't measure them.
0: He says they <laughs> need to be explodes. really careful and pour in the same amount, but they're not. Like right.
1: he said, they're not measuring anything, so... <laughs> but I'm asking... Why have this scene at the very beginning of the movie, like a classic mad scientist sort of scene where you're just mixing chemicals together and it explodes? It's just establishing that the adults of this world do dangerous
0: things to kids. And it's it's very Roald doll
1: esque Right. And that, you know, it's not out of place for there to be a mad scientist. <laughs> So class is dismissed
0: because everyone's going crazy and wants to find these golden tickets. There's a lot of really cool scenes during this whole kind of montage, like (laughs) that guy in his psychologist's office
1: talking about the archangel whispering to him. So this man has a dream that the archangel whispered in his ear where he can find the ticket and then his therapist starts like threatening him like just tell me where they said they were (laughs) and then
0: there's also like other scenes to show how sadistic everyone is highlighting the horrors of consumerism Like that lady, just get me my husband back. They'll do whatever they want. I'll pay anything, right? And the detective answers the phone. He's like, they want your case of
1: Wonka bars. And she's like, oh, well, uh, can I think about it? It's your Wonka bars or your husband's wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And also there's like an evil computer that turns against its creators. (laughs) Like they ask it to do the one thing it was made to do. And it says, I can't tell you that would be cheating. It's pretty good. And I think the implication here is that Wonka can somehow remotely influence computers. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. But I want to say that
0: that computer, it's a mainframe. It's a Siemens System 4004. It did not have the capability to reason like a human, and it definitely didn't it couldn't answer questions, right? What? It couldn't interpret In 1971? Things like <laughs> when the guy the guy who's running the computer, he's played by Tim Brooks Taylor. He says, I'm telling the computer that if it will tell me the correct answer, I will gladly share with it the grand prize. And it says, what would a computer do with a lifetime supply of chocolate? That's far beyond this computer's capability. <laughs> so something's wrong here.
1: 1970s technology in movies was the Dude, best. Dude, <laughs> it's great. Let me introduce to Goose Gloop. He's a fat German boy. Who eats a lot, but not as fat as his hungry oh, maniac of a father who eats the <laughs> <eats a> microphone <laughs> that the reporter thinking. puts up to his mouth. He'll it's eat anything. <laughs> Something near my mouth.
0: I eat it. I always wish that he had been in the movie more. That he'd come to the factory instead of the mom. Because I <laughs> seen this guy like, at the chocolate he, factory. Right? How would
1: he have time for that?
0: He's too busy eating. Well, my guess is that he wasn't interested in chocolate. He only eats non-food items like microphones. (laughs) (laughs) like you see him eating something on a plate he's not eating food he's eating the silverware he's he's taking bites of the
1: fork (laughs) why does Augustus Gloop deserve to die he
0: basically threatens Wonka right when he's being interviewed he he looks at the camera he says I feel sorry for Wonka I'm gonna cost him a fortune in fudge (laughs) right like he's he's saying look out I'm coming
1: he won a lifetime supply of chocolate though he'd be stupid not to exploit that but I mean, when he does, is when he gets punished. So that is true. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I mean, perhaps the uh, the the motivation for all of them is just that uh, Wonka doesn't want to give them a lifetime supply of chocolate. It's cost saving. I, I
0: do think that's part of it. Yes, but I think it goes a little deeper. Wonka clearly doesn't like. Overweight kids, <laughs> even though he makes candy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> fat shame. Yes. I mean, you'll notice that everything Wonka does is actually kind of very overtly evil.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a mean guy.
1: <laughs> he doesn't hide it. Mm. <laughs> but he, he doesn't
0: like fat, gluttonous kids. With every kid, starting with Augustus Gloop, immediately after they find the golden ticket.
1: Some creepy guy with a giant scar on his face who comes down close to them and whispers silently in their ear.
0: (laughs) He... Is sent out to these kids, presumably to run Willy Wonka's strange con of trying to get them to betray him when they have no reason to be loyal to him. (laughs) So he's not actually Slugworth, but we're going to call him Slugworth. But he's actually working for Wonka to just trick these kids into betraying Willy Wonka. I don't know. It's a weird plan, but him being there when they all find their tickets, since these tickets are found across the world, it's an impossible task unless he had knowledge of who would find the ticket and where they would be found and also when they would be found.
1: And further proof that he's not the original Slugworth, who was stealing Willy Wonka's secrets. Who I'm sure Willy Wonka had killed. We don't need to killed. prove that. They say it in the movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, not that they had him killed. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> no, is that he's not the original Slugworth? It is that Grandpa Joe doesn't recognize him when he shows up at the end? And Grandpa Joe would because he worked. For <laughs> we him. don't have any proof of I that. Already proved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. I just want to point out that Slugworth he shows up.
0: And what's he doing? He is serving Augustus food. He's giving him food, just <laughs> like he probably served him that candy bar, right? Like, he probably gave it to him. He's he's being a waiter, right? <laughs> I mean, he's, Augustus right, yes. probably
1: said, give me a candy bar. So he said, here you go, right? Right. He seems to work at the place. Although, why does he have to do it when the reporter is there? I don't know. <laughs> he's in, every time he does
0: it, the camera zooms in on him. <laughs> it's like they know something's going on. So, the next one to find a golden ticket is Veruca. Uh, her dad owns a peanut factory. He has all the peanut shellers, which um, all of them are women, or girls, as he calls them. Yeah, he calls them girls. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of shelling peanuts, they're opening Wonka bars. 760,000 Wonka bars. (laughs) And just the price of those Wonka bars is millions of dollars, right? He really loves his daughter. He just wants her to be happy. She's pretty mean and rotten. She calls him a rotten, mean father. She says, you never give me anything I want. And I think this all plays into why Wonka hates her, right? I think he doesn't like greedy, rich kids. And also, I think that he sees this peanut factory
1: barren as competition. Or maybe he had a falling out with, like, the peanut factory.
0: It's like what McDonald's does. They don't pay someone to provide the beef. They have their own beef farmers So Willy Wonka probably has his own peanut farmers in his own peanut industry. And he doesn't like this other guy selling peanuts. So, (laughs) right. So of all the parents, Veruca's dad is the only parent who is also murdered by Wonka. Um, He wanted to get rid of this guy. That we know of. Yeah, it's true. He might have (laughs) murdered all of them. We don't know. So when the worker finds the golden ticket, she says, I've got it. I've got it. Mr. Salt, here it is. Slugworth is standing right next to her already. He immediately grabs her. He pulls her up the stairs over to Veruca. He clearly gave her the candy bar, right? He let her open it and yanked her over to Veruca. Mm Mm-hmm. Willy Wonka wanted Veruca to find the golden ticket. All right. So then we have Violet Beauregard. Willy Wonka doesn't like her because he doesn't like gum <laughs> I mean he doesn't make gum <laughs> he thinks gum is gross <laughs> it doesn't make him any money because he doesn't manufacture it like the only gum
1: he makes is that dinner gum which is actually a murder device <laughs> yeah. but also specifically I think Violet's sin to a confectioner to a maker of candy is that she chews it for as long as she possible doesn't yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly she just keeps <laughs> chewing and chewing. She doesn't need more gum. But
1: then that kind of raises the question, wouldn't he like a goose Gloom? No, no. He doesn't like fat kids, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Why he not? Likes consumers. Eat candy. He thinks they're gross. He thinks he's neurotic. I, okay. It's like a bad, it's a, it's a bad image. Yeah, yeah. It there, hurts there you his go. company if there are lots of fat kids around.
0: When Violet meets Willy Wonka for the first time, she asks him, what kind of gum do you got? And he completely ignores her and just says, Charming, charming. He's annoyed at her for asking that question because he doesn't make gum.
1: Quite overtly, he hates every single one of them from the get go. Yeah, I know. He's disgusted by them. Yes. And the only reason his character works, like you already kind of said, is just because he's played by Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder has a way of being nice while being incredibly mean. He's so good at it.
0: But yeah, I think that Willy Wonka specifically only manufactures one kind of gum. And that kind of gum is a murder device to kill Violet. So he specifically
1: assassinated her with gum.
0: Yes. I I mean, clearly, because he knows it's what she chews on. Because he knows that's her Achilles heel. (laughs) Uh, Slugworth is right behind her and he starts whispering into her ear as soon as her dad grabs the mic. Mike TV is the next one to find the golden ticket. He's from Marble Falls, Arizona. He's kind of being rude the whole time. He won't shut off the TV or answer the interviewer's questions until the commercial break. He's watching this cowboy show and someone gets shot and the interviewer says, you like the killings? And he says, what do you think life's all about? And fires his gun. Weirdly and creepily enough, Slugworth is in this kid's house. I don't know why he's there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess all the interviews are there, so maybe he came yeah, here posing but... as a reporter or something. <laughs> right now, I think Willy Wonka doesn't like Mike TV. I think he hates Mike more than anyone. <laughs> I think he, maybe he doesn't like overt violence. He specifically is very offended when Mike pretends to shoot him uh, when Mike first comes into the factory, and uh, I think Mike just rubs him the wrong way. I don't know. <laughs> he he doesn't like Mike.
1: He probably looks in the mirror or at his shoes and says, make me like Mike. And wow. just never yeah,
0: dude, we should come <laughs> up with a theory for that movie. <laughs> I think it's a sequel even. There's like two like Mike's. Finally, Charlie Bucket is about to find his Wonka bar.
1: There's a couple little things before this of Grandpa Joe being terrible. On Charlie's birthday, everyone else in the family makes for him a scarf that they, they worked and, and toiled hard for. He buys him chocolate. Later on, d- late in the night, he buys him more chocolate. But he used Charlie's own money to buy Charlie a chocolate. Charlie could have bought chocolate himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joe has done nothing here. <laughs> this took no time, no effort, and no money of his own. <laughs> also, how did he buy it? He must have walked. I, I was going to ask the same thing. <laughs> he did it twice. He knows how to go out and buy chocolate. He must go when everyone is asleep. He knows how to get cocaine or tobacco or whatever. Like, he definitely gets out of bed often. <laughs> and then he has to pretend he can't walk when he... <laughs> and he's getting Charlie's hopes sky high every single time. Uh, but of course, yes, Charlie doesn't get any chocolate. And then Charlie is going out sad, looking at the ground and finds some money on the ground. And
0: specifically, he's been walking down this entire street looking down. He never takes his eyes off the ground. It'd be very easy for someone, say, Slugworth, to drop a coin right in his path where he'll find it because, (laughs) first of all, he's not going to see Slugworth drop it because he's looking down. Second of all, he's definitely going to see the coin because he's looking down. And Slugworth knows he's a really, really poor kid. So he finds this coin, he goes into the store, he says, I'd like to buy a bar of chocolate. And um, apparently sizzlers are made by Slugworth, because the candy man says, would you like a Slugworth sizzler or a Scrum bar? And Charlie says, whichever's biggest.
1: Uh, scrum Diddlyumptious sure sounds better than a sizzler. <laughs> I know. Well,
0: <laughs> Slugworth is just a horrible name for anything
1: <laughs> related to candy. <laughs> so it's
0: only afterwards when he says... I think I'll buy one more for my grandpa Joe. At which point the candy man specifically says, how about you try a regular Wonka bar this time? And before waiting for any response, he picks up the candy bar with the golden ticket. Gives it to him. (laughs) And hands it to him. I think the candy man is working with Slugworth and Wonka. And I think he specifically was going to give a golden ticket to either a kid
1: who matched a certain criteria or possibly just to Charlie Bucket himself. No, specifically to Charlie Bucket. Grandpa Joe was a spy. He was familiar enough with Willy Wonka that Willy Wonka knew him. And we know that Grandpa Joe is terrible. And I think Willy Wonka wants to punish Grandpa Joe's grandson.
0: Why do you think Willy Wonka knew him?
1: As I already said, he worked for Willy Wonka. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. But so you don't have As a any spy, specific evidence. No. Okay, I understand. I just think that it all fits. And also Everyone hates Grandpa Joe. Like, that is, Grandpa Joe is Charlie's sin, literally, in this movie. The only sin Charlie commits is because of Grandpa Joe. Right, yes.
0: (laughs) And I think Willy Wonka wanted to bring him here to punish this horrible, evil corporate espionage man who went into hiding for 20 years, but then stupidly came out of hiding to go to Wonka. Like, I know how to get him out of his bed. (laughs) He wanted to take this man and his grandson and chop them up in a ceiling fan <laughs> so yeah i think that uh, willy wonka doesn't like charlie because of grandpa joe i think willy wonka also doesn't like poor people <laughs> specifically he doesn't like poor kids because <laughs> they don't buy his candy so terrible. <laughs> they don't buy his candy
1: <laughs> what, no, it's true. what
0: one thing do we know about charlie in this movie He doesn't buy candy. Yes. (laughs) All right. Every other kid buys candy, but he does not. So Willy Wonka does it. Better punish him. But he
1: would if he had money. I think he also (laughs)
0: thinks that poor people are more likely to steal. Like how Grandpa Joe stole his corporate knowledge and (laughs) sold it to
1: Slugworth. Grandpa Joe assumes that Charlie is stealing bread for Mm -hmm. them, as does his mother. As does Willy Wonka. (laughs) So he wants to exact revenge on this poor family. Let, let, let's, set, let's set the scene for this horror film. So you open a bar of chocolate. Inside, there's some sort of weird ticket. On it, there's a message, and the message says, you may bring one member of your own family, dot, 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 and only one, dot, 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 but no one else. It's pretty sinister. <laughs> it's a rather <laughs> ominous ticket, I think. <laughs> and then below that...
0: In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you (laughs) in italics. (laughs) Yeah, so obviously it's meant to be be evil. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, so evil. (laughs) So Charlie comes home with the golden ticket. And all of a sudden, Grandpa Joe is like, hey, guys, I can walk. And also I can dance and jump around.
1: (laughs) He makes a show of it. He's like, oh, oh. And then all of a sudden he's like, ah, screw it. <laughs> I can walk again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that chocolate. <laughs> but then
0: he clearly has been walking all along. Like you said, he probably goes out at nights when everyone's asleep and... I mean, Charlie's mom probably knows about it, but maybe she doesn't want to anger him, so right. she goes along with it.
1: Well, yeah, because he's like an abusive addict <laughs> yes. and her father. Yes, he's a horrible And also, person. like, you're taking cocaine at night when everyone is asleep. You're not sleeping, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. Now, it's important to note that on the way
0: home, Charlie runs into Slugworth. He was right there waiting for Charlie to buy the chocolate bar because he knew Charlie was going to get it because he's working with the candy man. So Slugworth, we we finally get to hear what he's been whispering to all the other kids. He says, I'm Arthur Slugworth, president of Slugworth Chocolates Incorporated. He says, I'm going to make you a very rich man. He says, I'm going to give you 10,000 of these. Now, I don't know what these (laughs) are, but if they're $100 bills, then yeah, that's something. But... If they're just regular one dollar bills, <laughs> that's not much money. <laughs> ten thousand
1: dollars in nineteen seventy-one though for a poor kid, you know?
0: Well, I always kind of assumed they were just one dollar bills, and he's saying, I'm gonna give you ten thousand dollars. And if so, this guy really overestimates what ten thousand dollars can buy. He says that he says, think it over. A new house for your family, good food and comfort for the rest of your lives. I don't <laughs> think ten thousand yeah. dollars, even in the seventies, could have provided that for there's six people (laughs) right right (laughs) Right. so he tells charlie to bring him the everlasting gobstopper and charlie then tells uncle joe about it and uncle joe is very interested in this oh yeah (laughs) all the chess pieces are in place and it's time to go to the chocolate factory
1: so willy wonka comes out and he's totally creepy he Gives you the willies, if you will.
0: (laughs) Dude, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You just just blew
1: my mind. He's limping. And as a kid, I always thought this scene is creepy. Like he's acting like he's crippled. Well, and if
0: nothing else, he's tricking them on purpose. (laughs) It's just the kind of guy he is, right? He likes to trick
1: people. I have seen it hypothesized that perhaps this is purposefully directed at Grandpa Joe. Oh, yeah. He's like, look, I'm (laughs) pretending to be a cripple too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, look, I'll flip to my feet just like you did. (laughs) I get it. I love it. That's pretty good. (laughs) Okay. Well, the first thing he does is he's like, this is going to be an exciting day. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. And between every single line, he looks at the ground. This is a tell. He knows that they won't. He's like, you'll be six feet under. When Augustus gloop walks in he pinches his belly fat saying he's in such fine shape. Yes. Is he planning on eating him perhaps? Wow. I don't know. <laughs> Dude.
0: <laughs> what kind of flavor of candy could you get out of human meat?
1: I will clearly chocolate. I don't know. That's where he sends Augustus Gloop.
0: So maybe he's using human protein to fuel the Oompa Loompas that make the candy. Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh,
1: right. Because the Oompa Loompas are the ones who are going to eat you. That's what the Tinker told us. Dude, you're right.
0: Oh my gosh. So they're offerings for the Oompa Loompas. That's why he gives them to the Oompa Loompas every time. He's like, here you
1: go, eat up. I still like to think, you know, maybe at least some parts of them are being made into candy. Yeah,
0: Oompa Loompa candy. (laughs) Charlie Bucket found the ticket the night before it was time to go to the factory. Charlie Bucket presumably didn't tell any TV stations or anyone about it. Willy Wonka welcomes him into the factory saying, Well, well, Charlie Bucket, I've read all about you in the papers. I'm so happy for you. I don't think this small town has had time to produce any papers talking about Charlie Bucket.
1: He was mobbed by tons of people, like almost like a a zombie apocalypse amount of people when he gets that ticket. No, it's like 10 people and then he runs away. So there are people who know his name who know that he got the ticket because he gets it right next to his employer who's like, run home, Charlie. Yeah. Whoa. Don't stop until you get there.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I just, I'm wondering how fast this small town can really mobilize to get like newspapers printed and
1: stuff because it's literally the next morning. You're forgetting, Charlie Bucket is the one who delivers those papers, and Willy Wonka's factory is on his route. So if he didn't deliver those papers because he was busy running home, Willy Wonka wouldn't have gotten the paper. You're
0: right, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
1: (laughs) So how did Willy Wonka know his name unless he, as you have hypothesized, was working with the candy salesman who gave him that ticket?
0: (laughs) Right. So either way, he did not read about him in the papers, so he's lying here and uh, he
1: <laughs> knew that Charlie bucket was coming this is a good time to just talk a little bit about a couple of fun things from the commentary the commentary is just all five kids that's so cool were they kids at the time of the commentary or are they adults no they're
0: they're all quite old I don't this know when the so commentary cool. was I would recorded love to hear that
1: I um, mean you know Charlie bucket is like a the actor is like a dairy farmer. Right. Or something he doesn't
0: now. act. He never acted again.
1: But Mike TV's actor is surprisingly knowledgeable about this film. Like he knows tons of random bits of trivia. He says during this part that fans have noticed that the shadows change between shots, which makes it even creepier. So when Willy Wonka is first walking out, he walks into the shadow of a building. And then he walks out of it. In the next shot, he's walking fully in the sunlight and walks into the shadow of the same building. Like the shadow has moved ahead of him to keep him always in the shadows as he's walking. I mean, I'm sure they did different takes at different (laughs) times. Yeah, it was just at a different time of the day. (laughs) That's That's fun. The funnest part of the commentary is just that the actors who played Veruca and Violet were both into Charlie and they wow. keep talking about how they had like this cool rivalry going on but they were like but it was a very polite rivalry we we talked to each other and we we're like okay today is your day with Charlie you get to go out with him <laughs> wow. after we finish shooting tomorrow's my day with, with Charlie so it was like like they were just like negotiating Dude. their Charlie time <laughs> Charlie Bucket <laughs> yeah. the ladies man <laughs> they are talking about how cute Charlie was the whole time and he was just kind of like ha, ha, ha. You know, probably kind of awkward situation Charlie, <laughs> my
0: man, Peter Ostrom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, and, and they talk about how like they weren't interested in Mike TV at all because Mike TV's actor was actually like two years younger than the rest of them, so Aww. he was like a little kid to them. Aww. Anyway, it's a it's a really fun commentary, and I I do think you should listen to it. And uh I think we have a a, a little meme we made <laughs> that has to do with Wow, that it's not gonna make sense to anyone. <laughs> So they get into the factory.
0: He points out that there are little surprises around every corner, but nothing dangerous, as literal human hands reach down and take their hats and coats from through the wall. It's like a classic
1: (laughs) horror scene, like straight out of Roman Polanski's Repulsion. Before they can proceed into the actual... They have uh, to
0: sign a literal deal with the devil. Yes, they have to sign this enormous contract. He won't let them read it. But also, they literally can't read the bottom because it's too small. The words get smaller and smaller as it goes down. But from what we can read, they're clearly waiving any responsibility to Wonka for their deaths.
1: Do you think they're signing their souls over to Willy Wonka? Because this isn't a legal contract per se, because their guardians do not sign it. He only has the minors sign it, which would be voidable in court. <laughs> but not in Wonka's court, I guess. <laughs> So this is clearly
0: an alternate universe, by the way, because Charlie Bucket's mom says to him that there are a hundred billion people in the world. <laughs> in the seventies, <laughs> there were only like three or four billion people in the world. Oh, so man. this is not oh. our world. <laughs> so in this world, maybe contracts with minors are binding. Mike TV's mom asks, "I assume there's an accident indemnity clause?" Wonka says, "Never between friends." She's saying, will we be compensated if there's any sort of accident? And he says, no.
1: No compensation.
0: (laughs) He's clearly planning to have these kids get in accidents.
1: (laughs) So I didn't transcribe the entire contract that you can't really read anyway, but I'm just going to read the first two paragraphs or so. It says, whereas the management cannot be held responsible for any accidents, incidents, loss of property, or life, or limb, Whereas for damage caused by lightning, earthquakes, floods, fire, frost, or frippery of any sort, kind, or condition, consequently the undersigned take responsibility. I want to say frippery, it's a real word, and the definition oh. of it is showy or unnecessary ornament in architecture, dress, or language. So basically Willy Wonka. Right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that works. At the end, Willy Wonka reads part of the contract, which is in Latin. Yes. Fax mentis, incendium, gloria, et cetera, et cetera. Memo bis punitor delicatum. The Latin in the contract drafted by Willy Wonka translates to the torch of the mind lights the path to glory. I am mindful that the crime is punished in two ways. Yeah,
0: or the fault is punished twice, something like that.
1: I ask you, what are those two ways in which it is punished? I think the first punishment is the one that we see. And the second one is the one that we do not see. Uh Namely, (laughs) them being made into candy or fed to Oompa Loompas. (laughs) Okay.
0: It's certainly an evil contract because he's clearly just 100% going to kill them. And speaking of 100%, he takes them to a door and the combination to this door is 9944, 100% pure, which I'm just going to point out has been Ivory Soap's slogan since 1895. Ivory
1: Soap's other slogan, it floats, is, it floats. What else floats? We all float bodies. down bodies. Ah. <laughs> yeah, horrible. We'll we all too. float down here.
0: <laughs> Dude, he predicted it. This room that he takes them into, it's like really mysterious right (laughs) they go in and then they open the door and there's somewhere else everyone's mind is blown (laughs) like everyone's an elevator what (laughs) (laughs) this this, is an elevator there's nothing interesting about it well you know he invents elevators so willy wonka is about to lead them into the edible room he emphasizes that everything in this room is eatable edible you can eat almost anything Augustus, who he's clearly trying to appeal to, says, Let me in, I'm starving. And Wonka says, Don't lose your head, Augustus. You wouldn't want to lose that. Yet. (laughs) Right. He's specifically saying, This is where you will die, Augustus. There's no way that Augustus could possibly know that he shouldn't be drinking from that river. And in fact, Willy Wonka points it out. He says, hey, in this room where you can eat everything, this river is made of chocolate. Take a look at my big chocolate river. And then he's like, wait, no, don't eat from my big chocolate river. (laughs) (laughs) And he certainly seems to shove Augustus into that river. (laughs) I don't know if he actually made physical contact with him, but if he didn't, he was going to definitely push him in <laughs> he wasn't trying to pull him back he was right, just well, running he even forward admits what with his this was he says
1: help police murder <laughs> help police <laughs> murder <This was> murder <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he doesn't care he says it's too late he's had it now the section's got him Augustus' his mom says, we have to help him before he's turned into marshmallows. And Wonka says, he won't be marshmallows. That's impossible. It's absurd. It's unthinkable. Because that pipe doesn't go to the marshmallow room. It goes to the fudge room. Then he tells the Oompa Loompas to go straight to the fudge room. Look sharp or her little boy is liable to get poured into the boiler. I think he's saying, pour her little boy into the boiler.
1: <laughs> well, and she even says, you boiled him up. I just know it. Do we ever see him okay in the end? No. No. (laughs)
0: And this is one major difference, which I was going to point out between the book and the movie. At the end of the book, Charlie does see every single kid again, and they're all kind of like contorted and bent out of shape in the ways they should be based on what happened to them. Like Augustus is thinner because he got squeezed through a pipe, right? The Oompa Loompas then sing a song about how horrible it is to be fat. And that's it. (laughs) That's the end of Augustus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they're about to get on a crazy, scary boat ride.
1: Yeah, this is the most overtly horrific scene in the movie. And I think the reason why all kids were horrified by this movie, as kids, we would fast forward through this boat scene. I don't yeah, think I'd ever seen it the really whole disturbing. way through. disturbing. <laughs> Intentionally, highly disturbing. Very much so, I don't yeah. I do see why
0: it's in there. Basically, they're on a boat, and he's showing them really disturbing images and reciting a disturbing, evil poem.
1: Let's talk about all the horrific things we see on this weird screen next to the boat. We see millipedes crawling on a guy's face. Yeah. We see an actual filmed beheading of a live chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: They chop that chicken's head off. We see lizards eating bugs. Close-ups of eyes. Uh, we see a big Slugworth face. I've seen it pointed out that at this point, due to the lighting
1: effects, the chocolate river looks more like a blood river. (laughs) Well, here's what he's singing. He says, not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-blowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes, the dangers must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing. Now, the grizzly reaper mowing, like, that's obviously a reference to the kids being killed one by one. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to kill you all. <laughs>
0: one down, four to go.
1: Right. And I think it's telling that he goes on this crazy rampage right after the first kill. You know, he got a taste for blood.
0: Mm-hmm. He's reveling in it. He's a serial killer. <laughs> he's very happy.
1: Yeah, there's no turning back now. And that's kind of what this scene feels like. Well, going that's what to he says. Like he hell. says, for
0: the rowers keep on rowing and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. Yeah. And he just starts <laughs> (laughs) Streaking, dude. It's really disturbing.
1: (laughs) And all this is just to get them to the invention room. Yeah, where he feeds them exploding candy. And he gives them gobstoppers only if they swear to never show them to another living soul as long as they shall live which he knows won't be long. Yes, that's true. (laughs) He also produces these gobstoppers from
0: a covered machine that looks an awful lot like a covered body. Whoa, I didn't notice that. (laughs) Look at it. It's it's the shape of a body. The gobstoppers come out from between its legs. Uh, It's pretty weird looking. (laughs) Well, like all of his candy, it's made from children. (laughs) Exactly. I think it's made from actual bodies. He also points out that these gobstoppers are for children with very little money. You can suck them forever. Showing that he does want to break into the children with very little money market. (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't found a way to appeal to them yet. (laughs) It's like, I gotta get money out of these poor kids. Does he lower his prices? I don't know. (laughs) They can't do that. Then he'd lose money from the rich kids. So the death of Violet. And we're going to get into this because, like I said, I have this theory that she was the most qualified to inherit the factory. He stresses right in Violet's face just how revolutionary this gum is. He knows that she's into gum and he holds it up and immediately Violet's like, oh, gum. Oh my gosh, I love gum. And he's like, no, it's not just gum. It's the world's most amazing gum.
1: Hard to depict this as anything but an assassination.
0: (laughs) Right. Like he's appealing to the one thing that he knows that she really, really loves. So (laughs) she pulls it out of his hand like he knew she would. And as he does with all the kids, he's like, stop, don't.
1: What is the sin here? In the last room, he was letting them eat all the candy. And he never told them to stop eating the candy. And also in this room, Veruca's eating like, I don't know what it is, weird popcorn out of like a vat. And the the other kid's eating exploding candy. It's not like he tells them, no, don't do that here. Yes. The movie seems to want you to believe that the scene is chewing gum. It is, yes. Kids should not chew gum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but even then, it's
0: kind of interesting because when the Oompa Loompas sing about it, they kind of praise it. Like they specifically say that chewing gum is good because it can help you stop smoking and stuff. But then they say it's repulsive, revolting and wrong.
1: The reason I think this is all interesting is because it does, like I said, fit into the slasher formula in like the original, like, halloween type slashers the kids had always committed some sort of sin before they're killed you know like drinking drugs sex etc in this case it's a slasher for little kids so it's like child sins things that aren't even necessarily bad at all chewing gum being (laughs) fat watching watching tv
0: oh my gosh (laughs) So poor Violet eats the gum and she's, like, you know, rightfully pretty surprised that now she's going to die. And she's like, I feel funny. And Wonka probably should have told her this beforehand, but now he says, it happens every time. They all become blueberries. We got to roll her down to the juicing room at once for squeezing. <laughs> she has to be squeezed before she explodes. <laughs> no matter what, they're eating her in this yeah, scene. They're, like, they're squeezing the juices, juices out of her that they're going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean,
0: he also doesn't say that she will ever not be a blueberry. <laughs> like He says they become blueberries.
1: <laughs> Violet is one of the biggest evidences of like he turns kids into candy because he literally turned a kid into candy before our very eyes. But I want to get into this
0: fan theory that she was the most deserving to inherit Willy Wonka's kingdom. So this is a theory by Ivana from Tumblr. The bulk of this theory comes from the fact that she's very qualified. She knows more about Candy than anyone else in the room besides Wonka, of course. Because, like... Candy is her hobby (laughs) and kind of her job. Like she wins contests and stuff (laughs) like world records for chewing gum. And besides this, her dad owns his own business. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's, he owns a used car dealership and he's a politician. So she could get support from him. He could teach her how to run the business She probably knows a thing or two about it already. I mean, of everyone here, she's the only one who shows any sympathy for the Oompa Loompas. Uh, When Veruca says that she wants to buy one, Violet tells her off.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you on that
0: (laughs) so maybe the others all deserve their punishments a bit like Augustus I mean it was a forbidden chocolate river (laughs) wasn't he told them they could eat anything in the room yeah I know (laughs) I don't believe that but I'm just saying maybe Charlie Charlie definitely did steal Mike TV he didn't necessarily do anything wrong but he knew the consequences of what he was doing he saw the chocolate bar get shrunk uh, which we're gonna talk about later so he knew what he was in for Violet had no idea that she would die just from eating a piece of gum. A, an evil confectioner gave a child poisoned gum and she died. That's the story. Right. <laughs> and then um I also like that Ivana, um, the origin of this fan theory. She compares Veruca to Prometheus because she took a personal risk to share the knowledge with everyone. Uh, When she ate the the gum, she immediately starts telling everyone how it tastes, how it feels. Like she wants them all to experience it with her, and then she paid the price for it, just like Prometheus when he stole fire and shared it with the people. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's an unsung
1: hero. a tragic hero. <laughs> By Willy Wonka's definition, she did not deserve it because, and he's not even being subtle about this, at the end, he says he literally just wanted someone who would do things his way. Yeah, and he wants a And Violet over. likes gum. Yep. And, and he does <laughs> well, not Willy Wonka like does not like gum. <laughs> he, he only he makes only gum makes to assassinate gum. Violet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So they go into the next room and there's like rolls of paper on the wall that have tasteable fruits on them. Right. So I always thought this was like a crazy cool idea as a kid, but now I think it's really? kind of gross cuz like I always <laughs> I mean, thought it was If disgusting. you had your own personal paper, it would be okay. But if you're, like, supposed to share, who <laughs> shares candy? <laughs> anyway, so Willy Wonka makes the comment that everything tastes like it should, and he ends with this, snozzberries taste like schnozzberries.
1: Snozzberries.
0: Who ever heard of a schnozzberry? <laughs> At which point Wonka says, we are the music makers, and we are the dreamers, dreamers of dreams. Of dreamers. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> There's a long-running kind of myth- that schnozberries are male genitalia. <laughs> it's a euphemism. You, you've never heard this? <laughs> no. Dude, I what? heard this all the way back in, like, elementary school.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Does the theory go any further than that? <laughs> yeah. No, it's,
0: it's confirmed. <laughs> like, Roald Dahl wrote it. Fifteen years after Roald Dahl wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he wrote a book titled My Uncle Oswald. Now, this is a very adult book. It's not a book for children. (laughs) It's Basically, it's about Oswald and a woman named Yasmin, who are trying to seduce and steal the sperm of rich and powerful men. (laughs) Basically, with the goal of selling it to women who want successful kids. So, (laughs) there's sperm jacking people. And... In a specific section of this book, Yasmin, she describes how she does this. <laughs> so this is a direct quote from the book. She says there's only one way when they get violent. I grab hold of his Schnasberry and hung onto it like grim death and give it a twist or so to make him hold still. <laughs> so this is written by Roll Dahl and using the same word Okay.
1: <laughs> well I will say that. The list of things that eat Oompa Loompas is wang doodles, wow. <laughs> swogglers, and snoz wangers, wow. and also Mauritius commits. <laughs> Lots
0: of wangs in there. <laughs> so there is one little thing to note here, which is that Roald Dahl might just reuse funny words sometimes. In another story he wrote called Sometime Never, A Fable for Superman. So I guess it's about gremlins who have been completely displaced by humans, so they have to like live in hiding underground. These gremlins eat a certain kind of fruit called Okay, It's a sweet, juicy red fruit that grows in orchards. Okay. So it could just be a fruit or it could be a man's fruit. <laughs> who knows <laughs> anyway okay. just figured we'd cover that because it's a huh. very famous willy wonka myth or fan theory <laughs> okay all right up next is fizzy lifting
1: drink so they walk into the bubble room and he says like there's fizzy lifting drink but don't drink it and then just leaves you yeah know? no it's the <laughs> shortest
0: room in the entire movie
1: and then grandpa joe is like hey charlie Let's get high.
0: (laughs) Wow. I mean, no, he's like, let's just take a drink. Nobody's watching. A little swallow won't hurt us. Why? Why would you do this? Did you not just see those other kids literally die because they ate stuff they shouldn't?
1: I know. This is
0: right (laughs) after Violet. Now, this room is clearly a death trap. <laughs> Why would this you place the most massive spinning over blades traps. above a room <laughs> that houses the extremely powerful drink that makes you, like, rise 20 or 30 stories into the air
1: with one gulp? <laughs> Willy Wonka wanted someone to die here. Yeah, no, it's a death trap, 100%. And as we see later, he's really pissed that they didn't
0: yeah he's mad because he has to clean the ceiling (laughs) i'm sure he wanted to clean it but for different reasons (laughs) (laughs) they barely managed to escape their deaths by burping a lot and i'm sure willy wonka didn't quite see that coming and he's pretty (laughs) pissed about it for the rest of this tour he does not acknowledge
1: charlie's existence not that he really did before Yeah. Terrible Grandpa Joe must have been something that they planned and wrote into this movie. Like, he is Charlie's sin. Every bad thing that happens to Charlie is because of Grandpa Joe. Uh. Every
0: trap room is designed to make the kid pay for something, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Augustus Gloop. They knew he loved chocolate and fudge, so they made him a chocolate river. For this fizzy lifting drink room, it is the room that is most clearly a death trap. But how is it designed to appeal to Charlie? It's not. It's designed to appeal to Joe who loves (laughs) stealing trade secrets and selling them to Slugworth. Wonka literally says, this is an experimental drink that hasn't been released yet and isn't fully formulated. So we're not going to touch it. Let's just leave it alone. He knows that Uncle Joe will be like rubbing his hands together. (laughs) Like, this is right up my alley. I love this kind of stuff. I'll just take a little. And (laughs) you know, this this is Charlie's sin or rather his sinful grandfather. And now he has to pay. Right. The sins of the fathers. (laughs) Sins of the grandfathers.
1: But, like, to go along with your thing about, like, he doesn't acknowledge Charlie after this. It's true. He never really acknowledged him much. But, like, they just walk into the next room after this whole fizzy lifting experience. And Willy Wonka doesn't even look at them. Like, nope. he is purposefully ignoring them because... In his mind, he left them back there to die and they're dead. He has no reason to look back. And he's also mad because they're not dead. (laughs) But
0: then at the end, once he's killed all the other kids and they're still around, he literally just walks away from them, talking to himself.
1: Oh, I was supposed to be five for five today. (laughs) Yep. All right. So now we're on to the geese. Veruca, she gets mad when she can't
0: have a golden egg-laying goose, and she goes crazy and sings about wanting a bean feast and just wrecks the place. She wrecks everything in the room, right? She's being a little brat. (laughs) Do, Do you want to explain what a bean feast is? Apparently it's like when you throw a party for your employees. But why would she have that, right? Like, the only thing I can think of here is that they're trying to say that the father diverts company assets, which are supposed to be used as like to reward the workers to his daughter.
1: That's what I thought. But either way,
0: (laughs) she ends up on the shoot that is supposed to verify if an egg is good or bad, which Wonka, of course, has full control over. And what do you know? It opens up and sends her to her death in the furnace. Right. And her dad says, She'll sizzle like a sausage. And Wonka says, not necessarily. She could be stuck inside the tube. At which point her dad jumps in after her.
1: And then what do you make of Grandpa Joe being like, Well, Mr. Salt finally got what he wanted? <laughs> okay. I was gonna ask you. And then Charlie says, What? And Joe says, Veruca went, went first. first?
0: What on earth does that mean? I don't know. I was going to ask you. What does it mean Veruca went first? (laughs) All right. Let's look it up. Okay. Say no to (laughs) grandpajoe.com. Has an interpretation. I guess they have like definitions as defined by Grandpa Joe's actions. So right now we're (laughs) defining the word vindictive. It's a noun which means seeking revenge. Evidence. So when all that stuff happens with Veruca, Grandpa Joe says, Veruca went first. And then later at the end of the movie, I'll get him even if it's the last thing I do. Slugworth wants a gobstopper, he'll get one. Analysis. Grandpa Joe's vindictive streak is more apparent in the movie than in the book. In the movie, he takes perverse pleasure in Veruca going down the garbage chute before her father. His hostility towards them is based on Mr. Salt's earlier insistence that ladies should go first, putting Veruca ahead of Grandpa Joe. Oh, my oh. gosh, dude. So
1: he was dude. vindictive about that? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> oh, man. Grandpa
0: Joe is so much more horrible than I realized. <laughs> what that, a disgusting that, thing and that's, to hold uh, grudge But that's about. not
1: even made up. Like that, that is, That's no. the only explanation for that, that he uh-huh. didn't like that Veruca went first at the very beginning, something yep. that no one even remembers.
0: <laughs> wow, he really held that against this little child. He just hated someone cutting in front of him. Like, he has an (laughs) all-get-mine kind of mentality. Like He's like, she got mine. Now he's taking perverse pleasure in the fact that she dies. And he's like, she wants to go first. She can go first to hell. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Grandpa Joe. (laughs) He really is terrible.
1: That's that's the biggest confirmation for our theory. Yeah.
0: Like, they sum it up really well here. They say, as with most vengeful people, Grandpa Joe is willing to cut off his nose to spite his face. He is a horrible man. (laughs) Wow. Oh. Dude, they have three different areas that you can explore. One is rat bag. The other is industrial spy. And the third is (laughs) bastard. (laughs) Each one of these three has their own, like, subset of things that you can look into. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay, we believe there is sufficient evidence in the book and in the movie to demonstrate that Grandpa Joe has unusual knowledge of Wonka's facilities. In addition, there are certain incongruities between his alleged health and his apparent abilities, which lead us to believe that his illness is a cover. That's exactly what we thought. Finally, there's an irrefutable plan to sell Slugworth a Gobstopper. Wow, this is so good. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So after Veruca and her dad sizzle like sausages in the furnace, Wonka snidely remarks that, well, the furnace is lit every other day, so they have a good sporting chance, haven't they? (laughs) And then the Oompa Loompas sing about how she's a brat deserves to die. Yep. And then Wonka says, children are disappearing like rabbits. Do rabbits disappear often? Oh. <laughs> I thought they <laughs> multiplied. <laughs> yeah, when you say
1: like rabbits, it's the opposite.
0: <laughs> then they all put on radiation suits and it's time for Wonka
1: Vision. So Wonka has invented something, like, revolutionary. Yes. It can shrink and teleport matter. Yeah. Yet he wants to use it for candy. I assume he has (laughs) other usages for this, like maybe transporting things, like... Bodies. Bodies. (laughs) Yeah, good point. They'd be a lot easier to hide if they're small. I mean, he's already unbelievably powerful, just as, like, a confectioner. How powerful would he be if he invented this thing and marketed it? Like, this is insane. Dude, I've got it.
0: Who would win in a fight? Willy Wonka or Sir Topham Hatt?
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, that's a that's a good matchup. Dude,
0: who would win? They're both like eccentric mega millionaires bent on I, I don't know, controlling the world, world. domination. <laughs>
1: Through their inventions, I
0: actually don't know who's more powerful because Sir Topham Hat has like yeah. some serious AI capabilities.
1: Yeah. Oh man, he's got some serious clout. Just for our listeners, we're re- referencing our Thomas and Friends episode that we did. Oh yeah, Thomas is an AI. If you haven't listened AI. to it, it's really good. Check
0: it out. That's a really good one. I love that one.
1: I might have to give it to Topham Hat though. He's got a lot of trains at his disposal. Right. I <laughs> like mean, an army of trains. That's what I'm
0: thinking about. <laughs> is. Wonka, I think, is in a good position to dominate the world economically. So he might be able to like force Topham Hat out money wise. But Topham Hat's in a good position to dominate the world military wise. <laughs> like, just draft some <laughs> guns on all his trains, and he's got like living, thinking
1: armies of indestructible machines. <laughs> and Wonka seems to be interested in actual innovations in technology, like teleporting matter or candy that lasts forever. Whereas, Sir Topham Hat is interested in trains. Yeah. That's it. yeah. <laughs> he's not really <laughs> interested in innovating at all. He He's going to create. AIs, but they are specifically for trains. Yeah, as we covered, there are
0: other automobiles <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, you know, means of transportation that he's putting AI into, but, <laughs> but, but man, he trains. loves
1: trains. <laughs> Like he could have self driving cars. That's way better no, than no. trains. Trains Those can go anywhere. <laughs> self driving <laughs> trains. That's where
0: it's at. <laughs> we need trains. <laughs> He's trying to corner the market on shipping, which is why Wonka made Wonka Vision. So he doesn't want to he doesn't want oh, to have man. to go up against dude. This is actually like out of the history books. I think it was when Rockefeller basically he wanted to ship his oil everywhere. And all the train companies in the US, they came together because like Rockefeller was too powerful. They're like, We need to to do something about him because he's sucking up all our money. So they basically like embargoed his oil and they put ridiculously high prices and were like, if you want to use our trains, you will have to pay a bunch of money like they banded together. So he basically was like, if you're going to make me pay that much, I'm not going to use trains. And he made pipes everywhere. It was like I don't need trains anymore. Oh, <laughs> they just no. shipped his oil through pipes, <laughs> and literally caused a depression. Like it knocked out the <laughs> entire U.S. economy. Basically, put all the train companies out of business. It was crazy. That's what Willy Wonka's oh, doing. Man. He's trying to put Topham Hat out of business. <laughs> He's like, we don't need
1: trains anymore. We got Wonka vision. Well, then I guess I gotta give it to Willy Wonka, man. He's the rock. <laughs> Yeah, I told
0: you you could beat him economically. That's
1: right, and we've seen him tank the world economy already. So, back to Wonka Vision.
0: Yeah, he's sending chocolate over the air like TV signals. Basically, the only side effect is that the chocolate gets smaller on the other side. Mike knows what would happen, and he bravely decides to be the first test subject. He gets on the platform. He says, lights, camera, action, at which point the Oompa Loompas just freaking send him. Like, what are you guys doing? He's not Willy Wonka. You don't need to do what he says. He's
1: a child. Because they know they get to make him into candy and eat him.
0: (laughs) He comes back, and he's completely unharmed. But that's not going to last for long, because as Willy Wonka says, fortunately, small boys are extremely springy and elastic-y. Put him in my taffy pulling machine. That should do the trick. Which, again,
1: literally turning him into candy. (laughs) And then
0: it's important to note that when he says this, he hands Mike TV to the Oompa Loompa. The Oompa Loompa looks horrified and whispers something to him. And Wonka whispers back, "Oh no, no, no! no. I I won't won't hold you responsible." (laughs) Basically, the Oompa Loompa was like, "I don't want to kill this guy." And Wonka's like, "Oh, don't worry about that. I know it's okay."
1: So we've reached the end, and I think we've talked about pretty much every scene that comes after this.
0: After this, his job is done. He ignores Charlie and Joe and just starts going through his mail. <laughs> they ask him what went wrong, and he basically just chews them out, right? He says, you guys still are supposed to get drink. killed not die. Fan <laughs> I have to sterilize my ceiling for no reason. <laughs> Joe says, you're a crook, a cheat, a swindler. That's what you are.
1: He also says, you're an inhuman monster, which is true. But do you
0: think maybe he's projecting? Like, he sees <laughs> well, these sure, things in other yeah. people because well, it takes he's one a to a one <laughs> sheet and a swindler. <laughs> yeah. So Charlie gives the gobstopper to Wonka, and Wonka says, you win. You passed the test. You won the glorious grand jackpot. He brings him to the great glass Wonka Vader and says, there's one button I've never pressed.
1: The end of this movie I have always hated it so much. Like, of all the cool things that they did involving candy, which was really cool for me as a kid... You get to this. This is your final, an your elevator. last hurrah. It's an elevator. <laughs> what does that have to do with candy? Dude, a glass can elevator that flies? I, I don't know. Everything about it just seems so stupid. What a terrible way to end the movie. Yeah, I know. I know. I want Charlie to get his chocolate. <laughs> he doesn't get... We never see Charlie holding any chocolate except for before he went to the chocolate factory. <laughs> like... Yep. <laughs> oh, it was just so maddening to me. Here's your prize. An, an elevator. elevator. <laughs> Like, no no one saw
0: that coming. <laughs> no. I mean, it's it's a big surprise. Wonka treats the situation kind of like sinisterly and dangerously too. Like, he says, I've never pressed this button. Hold on tight. I don't know what's going to happen. Then he starts saying, faster, faster. If we don't get enough speed, we'll never get through. Grandpa Joseph's like, will we cut to ribbons? <laughs> he says, probably. probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then they get through and they fly away. I mean, was this like... Punishing them for not getting shredded in that high fan tower. He's like, I'll shoot you up this tower. I
0: kind of think that he killed them all in that elevator. I kind of think they all died. Well, <laughs> oh, it's murder suicide. Nobody goes in and nobody ever comes out. (laughs) I mean, they don't come out those doors. (laughs) Nobody ever does come out those doors. They just float float away away into heaven. heaven. (laughs) Like one would do if they were dead. He talks kind of weirdly. And this is why I thought maybe he's committing suicide because he says, I can't go any further and I don't really want to try. (laughs) Like that's a weird (laughs) thing to say. dude. (laughs) And then he ends the movie with, don't forget what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he always wanted he lived happily ever after, <laughs> which just seems kind of like a sugar sweet way to end the movie. And maybe he's just uh-huh. lying and they all died. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Or maybe he did pick Charlie. No, I think you're factory. right. You he know,
1: w- there's nowhere else to go after you've murdered four children. Might as well murder the fifth and yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I kinda think the great Wonka Vader was his own ticket out of there. And then like it it dawned on him that he was like, Hey, I didn't kill these guys. I could just put them in there and then we'll all die. Oh, dude. <laughs> all right. I think we've come to the end. I think we've proven all of our theories. Was this movie a horror movie for kids?
1: Of course. I mean, I was always on board with that. <laughs> it definitely fits everything. Did Wonka commit five premeditated
0: murders? Yes. Yes. He purposefully <laughs> killed all these kids. He had the means, the motive, and the opportunity. Was Grandpa Joe a big scumbag? <laughs> oh, yes. yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's a big scumbag.
1: Uh, bounty of evidence
0: for that. You yes. <laughs> you don't have to go <laughs> far. You, you can look it up. Was Violet the most innocent kid, and did she deserve to inherit the factory?
1: Violet is certainly more ambitious than Charlie. Yeah, Charlie, I don't think, would have made a good like CEO of a candy company. No. But then again, <laughs> he probably died anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> So you weren't on board at first, but what do you think? Now, are you convinced that Grandpa Joe was a spy who was stealing secrets back in the day 20 years ago from Willy Wonka? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. What I really wasn't on
0: board with was the candy thing, right?
1: What do you think? Was he making them into candy? I think
0: it's definitely possible and very much proven by him turning Violet into a blueberry. Into a candy, yeah. (laughs) To sum it up, I think Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a great movie. Yeah, amazing movie. And these theories make it even more fun to watch. (laughs) So everyone go watch it again. It's a fun movie. And, uh, you know, we always leave a link in the description where you can rent or buy the movie. So pick it up and watch it.
1: And... If you like our theory or even want to suggest a theory or anything like that, you can always follow us and tweet at us on at not Real on Twitter.
0: I know there is another theory that we actually want to cover in another right. episode. We
1: haven't done the most famous Willy Wonka theory, which is the Snowpiercer one. So maybe, maybe in a future episode we'll do that. Music for this episode was provided by Christine. And remember, the, the popcorn, popcorn isn't real. Isn't real.